Welcome to Inside Pediatrics, a podcast brought to you by Children's Hospital of Alabama in Birmingham. I'm Tiffany Kazarowski, and today we're discussing a virus that affects one in 200 newborns each year. It's passed from a pregnant woman to her baby, and 91% of women don't even know about it. It's called cytomegalovirus, or CMV for short. And we have two guests in the studio today. Dr. Karen Fowler is a professor of pediatrics and epidemiology in the Division of Pediatric Infectious Diseases at UAB, the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Her research has focused on CMV infections and CMV-related hearing loss in children. Also with us is Dr. Shannon Ross. She is an associate professor of pediatrics and microbiology, also in the Division of Pediatric Infectious Diseases at UAB. Dr. Ross sees patients in our infectious diseases clinic at Children's, and she's also a researcher focusing on CMV and hearing loss. Welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thanks. So June is CMV Awareness Month, and that's one of the reasons why we're talking today. As I said in the intro, this is something that most pregnant women do not know about. So what exactly is CMV? So CMV is a virus, cytomegalovirus. It's actually quite common. And most people at some times in their lives will acquire CMV. And most of the time, they don't even know that they have acquired it. In most individuals, it doesn't even cause an illness. Mm -hmm. um, what we're interested in studying and what um, is you know, one of the main problems it can cause is when it is acquired, when a woman's pregnant, she can pass it on to her child and cause the child to have illness. If a pregnant woman does contracts CMV, does have this virus, will she have any outward symptoms, sniffling, sneezing, any, you know, any cold-like symptoms at all? She might, but um, she might not know that she even acquired CMV during pregnancy. So um, she may not know till the baby's born and the doctor says, um, the baby looks a little different or we need to do a test. Mm -hmm. And they come back and say the baby has CMV. Okay. That's what a lot of mothers tell us is they didn't know when. Some women know, mm -hmm. but the vast majority it's asymptomatic or they just didn't know when they acquired the virus during pregnancy. Okay. And what are some of the common symptoms at birth or some of the signs that a child does have CMV when they're born? So most children who are born with it actually look completely healthy. Mm -hmm. So if you take 10 babies... Um, with congenital CMV, nine of those babies will be look completely normal in the nursery. A small percentage of babies will have symptoms. They can vary. Um, the most common things we see is babies can sometimes have a rash that's called petechiae, little red spots on the skin. It can sometimes cause their liver or their spleen to be enlarged. And this is typically, again, all in the newborn period. Mm -hmm. It can affect their eyes. You have to detect this by um, a, an eye exam, but it can cause problems in the eyes. Their head can be small for their age mm -hmm. or their gestational age when they're born. And sometimes they can have even neurologic signs. They may have seizures at birth, rarely, but oftentimes they they can. Okay. I'm not and ready. I think probably what most people, if the baby has no symptoms at birth, they have the baby gets a newborn hearing screening test that all mm -hmm. babies get in the United States. And it may come back and say the baby didn't pass that hearing test. And so at that time, it would be important for a baby to have a CMV test. Now, it doesn't happen in all um, hospitals, but it's beginning mm -hmm. to in the United States. Okay. And then the baby comes back and they'll say, well, the baby didn't pass. And then the baby needs a further diagnostic um, audiology test or hearing test to confirm because CMV is the leading cause of hearing loss, the non-genetic cause of hearing loss in newborns and young children. So wow. it's important to be aware of that. And so Absolutely. the first time many parents hear about it is when their baby doesn't pass the hearing test. That's right. 
So let's talk about newborn screenings and what we do now in the United States or even around the world to detect CMV versus what you guys are advocating for or what researchers, scientists, parents, advocates about CMV are pushing for. Right now, for the most part, we don't actively screen all newborns for CMV. As we mentioned earlier, sometimes in some areas of the U.S., if a baby does refer or they don't pass their newborn hearing screen, Mm -hmm. that will sort of alert physicians that they need to look for congenital CMV. So that's not everywhere, though. That's just in selected areas around the U.S. Okay. But because we know that this is a common virus, really the only way to detect this virus is to, to test babies in the first few weeks of life, Mm -hmm. there's more and more interest to screen all newborns for congenital CMV. So this is something that we don't do, Mm -hmm. but there is a lot of um, interest, and this is from different parent groups across the country. There's various parent groups who advocate for CMV who are really for universal screening of all babies, but it's not routinely done on children now. So how do we screen for CMV with newborns? Right. So um, one way you can do it is with saliva. It's easy to collect saliva from a newborn and test them because, as Shannon said, it's very important to test them in the first two to three weeks of life. We also can use urine. They, babies shed that are positive for CMV shed a lot of virus in their saliva and urine. So those are both good ways. Blood is not so good because not all babies will have virus in the blood. Okay. So there has been some interest in the dried blood spots, but so far they have those tests haven't shown a high enough sensitivity to be used for screening. Although if they are positive, if a blood spot is positive, it's, it's very indicative that the baby has CMV, mm-hmm. but it's not conclusive if it's negative. Okay. But saliva, you could have the baby will test positive. You can always, if you're concerned about any contamination, maybe due to breast milk from a positive mom, you can follow it up. And you should follow it up with a diagnostic test by three weeks of age. And usually that's done with urine. And so there are um, PCR methodology that's used in most hospital laboratories, or there are also private labs that do this testing. So it's available all over the country, and um, and most states um, and hospitals are using it to test babies if if they test the babies. Either or, Mm -hmm. if they fail that newborn screening or fail that hearing test. Saliva typically is preferred because it's so easy to collect. Mm -hmm. So we usually advocate to get a saliva first, but then you always want to do a confirmation with a saliva or a urine, preferably a urine, if it's positive. But the saliva is so easy to collect on the baby. Mm -hmm. Um, We we usually advocate for for using that to screen. Do you really need two positive tests? You don't want to start any kind of treatment if you're not certain, 100% certain that this baby has CMV. And so that's very important. And that brings up a good point. I mean, you really need to find out as soon as possible so that you can start some type of intervention and treatment. To diagnose it, a congenital infection, you've got to do it within the first three weeks of life. Okay. And congenital means Means they're born with it. They are born with it. Right. It was acquired in the womb. Okay. All right. So let's, let's go ahead and talk about some of the treatments that are available for children who acquire CMV. Obviously, you know, people always ask, is there a medication? And there are, there is one 
medication. We call it an antiviral because it works against the virus that is available, but it only treats a subset of patients. So it, it's only been tested in the babies who are sicker, the babies we call symptomatic, who are born with some outward symptom of the infection. And those are the only children we will give the antiviral. It's called valgancyclovir okay. or gancyclovir. We usually need to start it within the first month of life. And the mm -hmm. reason we give it is because there's been some studies that have shown it may help, not in all babies, but in some babies, it may help um, prevent them from having hearing loss or worsening of their hearing loss. Okay. And it's a six month course. But again, it's a very small subset of babies that we're able to give the drug to. Okay. But there's other treatment modalities, which I think Karen can talk about. Yeah, so I think okay. we do know that for most states, and I know in the state of Alabama, that if a baby's born with CMV, regardless of whether there's hearing loss or they have symptoms, they qualify for early intervention services in the state. Now, those services may vary because obviously mm -hmm. some children need many services where others don't need, but it will help them get what they need, such as routine hearing tests. So with CMV, you can have hearing loss at birth, mm -hmm. but you can also have hearing loss later, which is very unusual for most people. So maybe you have a child who's normal, who looked normal at birth, who had tested positive for CMV, and then their hearing's normal, but then at three years of age or four years of age, they develop a unilateral hearing loss. So it's important for them to have follow-up. Right. Hearing tests routinely, maybe every six months for the first three or four years of life and then yearly. Okay. Or if the parents notice something before then, they should have them tested. And that means a good relationship with an audiologist. There's some great audiologists here at Children's Hospital that test these children. Right. Um, so that's very important. And so that gets them into early intervention so that you can put a hearing aid on a three-month-old baby. So mm -hmm. if they need it, that's incredible. Absolutely. Because you, they need to begin to develop. And they can also then move on to any type of speech, mm -hmm. any type of physical therapy that might be needed. And then also um, later or maybe sooner than later, you know, cochlear implants, if that's what they need to mm -hmm. improve their hearing and their hearing outcomes. Okay. And we talked about how 91% of women are not, a, not even aware of CMV and its causes and effects. Let's talk about awareness and prevention. Are OBs talking about so, this with their patients? I don't think that many OBs are talking about it with their patients. We hope there'll be more of them. I think an OB, to be fair, is very, very busy. And so many of them aren't really aware of the latest information about CMV and that there is some studies that have shown that it looks like there's ways that we may can prevent, not all infections, but some. And so I think we need to, and I think what we found is women want to hear from their healthcare providers. They want to hear from them what's important. And so I think it's important for us to continue to educate OBs about CMV as well as women. So I think it's important to, to include pediatricians in that too, because they have opportunity to talk to moms even before they're pregnant. But I think we've got to look at other ways to reach out to where women are in social media for them to be aware, because there's some things you can do to lessen your risk. Let's go ahead and talk about that. Are there some easy things, just you know, hygiene-wise, some easy things that women can do to try to prevent this virus? Yeah, I think one of the most important things we need to do is encourage women to avoid contact with saliva from young children and babies, whether it's their own child, whether it's their niece or nephew, or whether it's their friend's children. Mm -hmm. And so we found that um, young children in daycares or even in church nurseries, um, that are between zero and three years of age shed a lot of virus. And we may not even know that. And so they're sharing it with one another as children like to do. And they right. like to also share with us. <laughs> right. And so women acquire. So it's important to avoid things like the saliva and avoid sharing 
utensils when you're eating, um, drinks, straws, those types of things. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's important not to collect saliva when you're kissing a child. So if you can avoid yeah. the sal- the straight kiss kisses on the lips, yeah. um, you know, try to stay away from the saliva if you can. And then also, of course, hand washing is very important. Also, remember we talked about you can acquire CMV from saliva and urine, so you don't do But I think most of us wash our hands after we're exposed to urine. It's right. more Right, when changing saliva. a diaper. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So those are all important things to do. Of course, not sharing toothbrushes, not taking... Popsicles. Popsicles. <laughs> pacifiers. Pacifier. Exactly. That's one thing yeah. I was thinking about. I mean, gosh, when my pick it up and clean little, it off yeah, yeah you just yeah. kind of if it falls on the floor you stick it in your right. mouth and hold it until you can get to a sink to wash it off so right. that can be dangerous i mean and i think also kind of cleaning up areas that's a little bit less probably direct but mm-hmm. you know wiping up or cleaning toys that have been slobbered on right. <laughs> all day or all right. or all weekend or whatever and that's especially important when we start to talk about daycares and nurseries and things like that for them to have that type if they do those types of things they're going to lower their risk, the risk of, of exposures and children acquiring CMV in those places. Okay. And it's important to remember, they only need to do this during pregnancy. Right. I okay. mean, it's not something they necessarily need to practice when they're not pregnant. So really, pregnant women are the most at risk because obviously they would pass That's it on to their baby. That's when they can pass it on to their baby if they acquire it during pregnancy. But I think it's important for us also just to mention quickly, because we haven't really said this, is that just because you're exposed to the virus during pregnancy doesn't mean it's 100% right. that your baby's going to have the virus. It's, right. it's just one in three. But still, you want it to be zero in three. That's right. your goal with that. Right. Absolutely. Now, one of the things that we need to mention is Birmingham is really a mecca for CMV research and has a rich history. UAB has such a rich history dating back to the 1970s uh, with CMV research. And that's one of the reasons why you guys recently hosted a huge international conference here in Birmingham. Do you want to tell us about the conference? Sure. So in the CMV field, every two years, we have a international conference from scientists to clinicians, all different aspects of people who study the virus come together. And several years ago, we offered and were chosen to host the conference here. And one of the reasons was is because there's been such a long history of CMV study at UAB. Charlie Alford is one of the individuals who started this. He was a division director, and he sort of started that legacy. And it's it's continued now for you know 50 something years we had about over 300 international participants from 24 countries get together and talk about you know the latest advances in research what needs to be done in research mm-hmm. it was a great event and you also had some parents there right talking about advocacy and ways that they could help move the needle as far as awareness and prevention. Right. We had parents from all over the country that came through the National CMV Foundation, which is a very active advocacy group. We have a very great relationship with them, and I think it's been good to work and hear their concerns and try to to respond. Because, you know, it's very frustrating as a parent because researchers are always talking about research. (laughs) And, you know, you just want it fixed for your child. So I think they've been very positive. We also had um, parents from Canada and also from the UK. So they were there and they're very excited also. So there's movements all over the world. They're working on some ad campaigns to educate women. So that's what they're up to these days. And some of the researchers who were here for the conference had worked in Dr. Alford's lab here in Birmingham. Is that right? Right. So we had um, 
people from England, Italy, other parts of the United States who were here who had in the past come and worked in the labs at UAB. And then, of course, that baton has carried on through the years from his lab in the 1970s. Now, researchers who are here today. Right. So he brought, not only did people come from far away, but he brought people in, too, such as um, Dr. Sergio Stagno, Dr. Rich Whitley, uh, Dr. Bill Britt, Dr. Bob Pass, were some of the first ones that arrived and worked with Charlie Alford and then continued with um, Dr. Bopanna and myself and, um, of course, Shannon and, and Dr. Kimberlin, David Kimberlin, who's here now. And it continues because we continue to have younger faculty members join us and work with us with CMV. So he's left us a real legacy here in Alabama and an opportunity to really talk about congenital CMV. And we wouldn't be here if he hadn't had the foresight mm-hmm. or the forethought to pursue this area and to focus on it. And he really did care about the children in Alabama. Absolutely. Well, if anybody has um, any interest in learning more about CMV, what are some of the resources? Where are some of the places they can go if they want to learn more about it? Well, some of the great um, information um, the National CMV Foundation has, they have a website and they also are present on social media and on Twitter and Instagram. Okay. And that website is www.cmvfoundation.org. Well, thank you ladies for joining us today. Thank you. It was great. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to Inside Pediatrics. More podcasts like this one can be found at childrensal.org forward slash inside pediatrics.